You are now listening to the Keys and Anklets podcast, your one-stop source for frank and honest information about the hot wife and cuckold lifestyles. You can find this episode on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio, or you can head to www.keysandanklets.com and subscribe right from the website. Now, let's get to the good stuff with the host who separates fact from fiction, Michael C. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Michael C., back with another episode of the Keys and Anklets podcast. And as you know, on this podcast, we talk all about the wife-centric lifestyle, be it hot wifing, be it cuckolding, be it stag vixen, with a little bit of the interracial slash BBC lifestyle thrown in for good measure. And my goal is always with this podcast is to separate fact from fiction and give you a you know, a peek behind the curtain of what really goes on from people who are actually living this lifestyle in a real way. So with that being said, I have a, a, a couple with me who they were actually brought to my attention by one of my brothers, Pagan, and he had told me that they would be like a fascinating couple to interview um, because their situation is quite unique. Um, so I reached out to to the wife and she and I talked and I had the opportunity to meet them um at splash in atlanta and just just good energy just good energy good vibes and and they were more than than willing to 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 come on the podcast and share their story with everyone so without any further ado i'd like to introduce you all to wendy and judd won't you guys say hi hello hello there (laughs) welcome 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 so as i said i was kind of told about you guys by by my brother pagan and everything so i'll just kind of get right to it the thing that makes your situation rather unique compared to pretty much everybody that i've had on my podcast over the years is everybody in your life knows that you guys are in the lifestyle with one exception you said being your children right yeah yeah and when you say everybody, you mean everybody, family, friends, job, like everybody knows. Yeah, pretty much. Um, we're open. All of our friends are lifestyle and any of our friends who aren't lifestyle know that we are. Uh, my parents know, his parents know, pretty much our whole extended family knows. Work, work Most of our workmates know. We're just very open about the fact that we are practicing consensual non-monogamy. That just opens up so many questions, which I am going to get to. Uh, but first, just a, <laughs> a, a, just, just a little background. Um, how old are you both? I just turned 52, and Judd will be 53, 53 at the end of April. Okay, and how long have you known each other? Hmm. We met January 19th, 1993. Oh, wow. Okay. You remember that's two days after my uh, 23rd birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We we met in January. We were engaged in May and we were married the following year in July. Oh, wow. So we're coming up on our 29th anniversary. Well, congratulations. Congratulations on that. So... Were you, were you guys, like, set up on a blind date? Like, what are, were the circumstances of you meeting? Okay, I'll take this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I had a buddy um, who had come back from Toronto, and he showed up in town and said, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to a movie with my girlfriend. And he said, oh, I have a buddy out here with me. Can we join you? 
and Judd was the buddy. Now, so we met at a movie. What was the movie? <laughs> forever, forever young with Mel Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> no, was, was the chemistry and are, instant? We are forever young. <laughs> was the chemistry? Mm-hmm. In, I said, was the chemistry instant? It was instant. Yeah, yeah I would say so. Um, met that night. Uh, had a date the next night. And we've been together since. Pretty much, yeah. Their whole lives, we've been. Yeah, we're together the whole time. We don't do anything separately. Our whole lives are together. Everything we do, uh, we do together. Friends, best friends. Um, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So I'm curious the 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 guy who basically who brought you into the date. Are you still friends with him? <laughs> no, no, that didn't last very long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't very happy with Judd. No, I think his eyes were on Wendy. So, um, yeah. (laughs) And then he moved back east after some time. So, and I stayed. Okay. Okay. So, you you meet, you know, on that date. You have this, sounds like a pretty whirlwind uh, courtship. Um, Yep. You're married. When did this first start? entering your life as far as the ethical non-monogamy part? I'll let Judd take this because he was our instigator. Yeah. So after, I guess, 19 years of marriage, um, you know, raising two kids, um, jobs, um, you know, everything, we um, we had a bit of a hiccup. Um, we went out to a small get together. And, uh, so when I caught Wendy sexting with another husband and, um, back then it was, uh, you know, something we just didn't do that. But anyway, so, uh, I caught her sexting with the husband and I, you know, we had a, a bumpy road there, but, uh, I told her, I said, if you want to be doing something like this, um, maybe having, you know, fun, then I think the best way to do this is do it together. So, um, after that, it took two years to convince Wendy to, um, go to a sing- singers club, uh, with a greedy girl party, um, where that was her first experience. So the two years, it took a while for her mind to get around to being non, you know, having fun. <laughs> so I'm curious, Prior to you catching her in this moment, the thought of doing anything like this never crossed your mind? Uh, never. We were so happy together. Um, like I said, we did everything together. Um, never crossed my mind. And for you, uh, Wendy, I mean, was this, he said that he, you know, kind of, I guess, caught you in the act of, of, of doing it. <laughs> Was this something yeah. that was it like a one-time thing, or had it been going on for some time, and you just slipped up? Like, can you kind of give my listeners an idea, yeah. kind of how it happened? Now I'm the worst secret keeper in the world, so um, it was like two days in, and he and he saw me texting under the covers. So it wasn't something that I thought about, but all of a sudden somebody this- was looking at me who wasn't my husband, and I was flattered and. Ex- Excited and you know you had that sort of you know the new boyfriend feeling right. supplies. It was exciting, and so that was kind of you know naughty and exciting. It was naughty. Yeah. 
So, did uh, Judd, did you know the guy? Yes, actually we did. Our, um, our, our kids um, were in elementary school together, so we knew, you know, yeah, we, we knew who they were. And w- would you say you were friends or was it just acquaintances? Acquaintances, yeah. Small town, yeah. Okay, okay. So, you catch her. For you, Wendy, do you remember what you were thinking and how you felt when he caught you? Like, were you like, oh, shit, I fucked up? (laughs) I was. And then I was defensive um, because I was like, well, somebody, you know, he's just he's just showing interest. He's just being friendly. And judges, you know, right away, that's not friendly. That's more than friendly. Mm hmm. So I did. I felt I felt bad. I, I felt horrible that I'd hurt my husband so deeply and that he felt that I'd broken some trust. So, you know, he was right. We, it was a bumpy road and it took us time to, yeah. you know, it took us a while to to get back and and stuff. But uh, then then, yeah, he worked on me for two years. <laughs> so I know my listeners are going to be curious because I'm curious if you can remember the timeline, like you catching her up to the moment of you saying, okay, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this together. How much mm-hmm. time was between there? Mm, like what, a couple, like a couple months. Yeah, it was a couple of months. Okay. So you had yeah. time to think it over and kind of go yeah. over it in your mind. So, what I'm curious about is when you said, let's do this together, what was your motivation? Like, like what made you say that? Was it fear of her doing something like that again? Was it the fact that when you started thinking about it, you actually found it kind of titillating? Like, what was it that made you have that reaction where it was like, hey, if you're going to do this, I want to be in on it. Yes, I, I think it was like you said, kind of. Um, it was exciting. Um, it was naughty. It's um, different, um, thrilling, thrilling. Um, so you know, like I said, it took me a couple months to get my head around it, and then I started to approach her. And I would, I guess, I'm, um, I, I was excited for her. Um, I knew somebody had turned her on, and she was turned on. So um, I just kind of wanted to roll with it and see where it went. Um, And I knew that um, by being on different websites that, um, you know, this kind of um, non-monogamy fun takes place. So, you know, I I knew about it. So I just kind of went with that and thinking, why not try this? Why not, you know, step outside the box? Okay. Uh, So it brings this question to mind. You said (laughs) from being on websites were you on these websites prior to catching her or did you start going on these websites after catching her um i guess i was probably always on those websites really (laughs) well you learn something new every day don't you that's why i asked the pressing questions (laughs) so 
so I guess this, to, to kind of rewind a little bit, and this is why I find this stuff so so fascinating. Um, so you said the whole ethical non-monogamy thing wasn't anything that you had ever brought up, but the websites that you went to, the porn that you consumed had elements of that in it. So when the idea popped in your mind, it wasn't this totally foreign concept to you. Like you had seen it, but it was always just this kind of thing that was over there. And then when this all happened, all of a sudden it's knocking on your door. Absolutely. Yes. Um, It was, you know, um, I'd always watched, you know, um, porn, um, you know, and, and, and I knew it existed. And um, yeah, it's, it's exciting that the fact that um, the door has the, been cracked, it cracked open just a little bit by, by a mistake by her, by, by sexting with somebody. And I thought, you know what? Like I said before, um, why not give this a try? Um, I was always turned on fire, and why not let her have fun with, with other men? Um, I didn't see anything wrong with it. I guess the porn kind of made it, I don't know. Um, so Normalized? Normalized, yeah. Okay, so when you were watching the porn, and I'm not harping on this, it's just, there's, there's always a moment where the idea is kind of sparked in for a lot of husbands before they even bring up that first step to their wives. It's been in their brain for for some time. So... When you're watching stuff and you're being, you know, aroused by it in your mind, you're like, man, this is hot, but I could never bring this up to my wife. You know, like I wouldn't even know where to start. Was so it was it on your mind like that where like, hey, I would love to do this, but I don't even know where to begin. Or was it like, oh, I could never do that. Yeah, uh, I could never do that. Um, you know, like I said, 19 years of marriage, um, we were quite happy together, but, um, um, watching it <laughs> turned me on. And then when, when this happened, um, I thought, you know what, I could see, I could see this happening and it would turn the thought of maybe Wendy being like that porn star watching her have fun. Me <laughs> take a, a step back and watching her really turned me on. <laughs> okay. So would you say after you found out, did you start consuming more porn? Um, I No, I don't think so. I think you consumed more um, literature and read more about swinging and the lifestyle. Okay. Yes. So, yes. so fast forward, you, you have this conversation with her where you're like, okay, if, you're, if we're going to do this, I want to be a, a, a part of it. Wendy, how did you take it the first time he he said that? Oh my God, no, no! How could you ever think I could ever do that? I love you. I, in order to have sex with somebody, I have to love them. That was my reaction. I hit that wall for two years. Yeah, that uh-huh. was his wall for two years. <laughs> so that was that was your, your that was your your kind of canned response for two years. Yeah, Pretty basically. Much. So and then he changed. So what 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 was the the proverbial straw? Um, he introduced me to uh, an app called Kick and Kick Friends, 
and he posted an ad on Kick Friends that said, I have a horny hot wife, uh, chat her up. And all of a sudden, I'm getting all these messages from men around the world talking to me, and my self-esteem just skyrocketed. And they gave me the confidence to, you know, be a bit more brave. And so I finally said to Judd, okay, fine. I will go to this club with you. And I, I'm not saying I'm going to sleep with anybody. I'm not having, I'm not saying, but I will go. And we went and I did. (laughs) It was fantastic. (laughs) So was, was part of your reluctance because I, I, I know this is what, you know, what, what some wives feel was part of your reluctance due to, you know, you were saying about your self-esteem was part of it due to, Oh, nobody's going to want me like, like that fear of of putting yourself out there and kind of being left hanging. Uh, Absolutely. I, I, yeah. Self-esteem has been a huge issue for me. Um, And I, I was, I was actually pretty confident that I would be able to go to this club and nobody would want me. And I would be able to say to him, see, yeah. no one wants but you. It's all good. And I was also very worried that uh, I would fall in love with someone else. Hmm. Because for me, sex and love were the same thing. Right. So I was very worried that I would fall in love with somebody else. And then what would that do to my marriage? Because my marriage was the most important thing. But I didn't fall in love with anybody else. I just had fun. <laughs> so let me let me let me back up a little bit, and I'll, I'll start with you, Judd. Prior to meeting Wendy, how would you describe your sex life or your attitudes towards sex in general? Um, I was very sexual. Um, I came from a very small town on the East Coast. Um, had lots of girlfriends. Um, um, always a very sexual person, and um, you know, and my parents um, have been together for you know, still together. Um, we never talked about sex. Uh, we weren't, they weren't very religious, so that didn't come into the whole um, spectrum. It's uh, so, yeah, very sexual, very horny my whole life, um, <laughs> basically. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, um, I was always willing to try new things. Um, uh, never, never really had the opportunity except for once when I was 18, I guess I had my first threesome with another guy and a, and a girl. It's like mm-hmm. thinking back now, wow, that happened way back. Um, and, uh, I don't know, maybe that just got something to do with, <laughs> with the dynamics we, have, dynamics we have now. I had fun that night and, um, I wasn't freaked out. <laughs> Now you you said you had a a, a lot of girlfriends. Would you classify yourself yep. uh, prior to meeting Wendy? Were you you know a jealous type of boyfriend? Like did jealousy ever rear its head in any of your relationships? I, I think it had. Yeah, it had a couple times. Um, um, jealousy and um, with with a couple girlfriends. Yes. So on a, sure. on a scale of one to 10 with, I guess, 10 being restraining order level, <laughs> how, <laughs> how, how jealous of a guy would you, being honest, how jealous of a guy would, would you say you were then? 
I was. Um, probably a five or six. Okay, so you weren't like checking pockets for numbers and no, no, you know, giving her the the the, 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 the you know shining the light in her face at the end of every girl's night out, like, well, where you were, what'd you do, who were you with, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Absolutely not. Um, I didn't have a lot of long-term girlfriends. <laughs> I have, I had a lot of fun with a lot of multiple different girl, girls. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was never really a long time, uh, long-term relationship to, to build that trust and for, for me to lose it. If, you know, from being jealous, I guess. Okay. Now, uh, the same question to you, Wendy. Prior to meeting Judd, how would you describe what your sexual mentality was? Uh, (laughs) I was a very, very good girl until I was 19. And then I probably cheated on every boyfriend I ever had until I met Judd. I was extremely promiscuous from 19 to 21 and then when I met him that was it that was done I never never even looked at another guy and until the sexting in 29 or what was that after 19 years yeah but uh no I was a very very good girl stayed home most weekends on the evenings and played scrabble with my mom so so, Didn't really go out until I was of so, age. So let me ask you then, because it sounds like when you were younger, you didn't have the sex with love problem. So when did that crystallize in your mind where, oh, I got to love somebody to fuck them? Because from what it oh, sounds no, I like. I was in love with every single one of those guys. Oh, really? Even for a week. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, uh, there was, oh, I, oh, I love you. And oh, I was, I, okay, I was 19. And maybe a couple of times I might have said, well, I can't have sex with you if you don't love me. And man, you should hear how fast that word comes out of a guy's mouth. <laughs> and you fell for it every time. <laughs> oh, like, every single time. So as, long <laughs> as, so as long as you heard the words that in your mind, you were like, all right, it's official. Let's go. Good to go. <laughs> I did have my first one night stand in Hawaii when I was twenty one, so there was no love there, but that was fun. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> so you, it, it sounds like it's. I don't know. It's interesting. It it sounds like you had convinced yourself about, and this is just my take on it, but that you had convinced yourself about needing the love even if you even if you knew the guy wasn't sincere because that i guess because of the stigma surrounding promiscuous women in this society that that kind of made you feel like you weren't just being a slut yeah it gave me permission right exactly yeah okay interesting very interesting Okay, so we, 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 we fast forward. You finally relent after his persistence. <laughs> and, you know, you, you decide to go. You said you went to a swingers club? Yeah, we did in, uh, in Vancouver. Now, when you agreed to go to this club, were you guys going with the mindset 
of okay we're going as a couple and swinging involves couples swapping with each other so were you prepared to have him play with other women as well no not at the beginning uh this was all for me he all he wanted was to see me with another guy that's all he wanted, he said. So this is a, uh, we went to, um, she specialized in greedy, greedy girl parties. Oh, okay. I got you. So this, this, this wasn't a couples only type of evening. No, this was a single male night. There were couples there, obviously. Right, but right. he brought, he made sure the ratio was like two guys to every woman sort of thing. And I happened to hit a good night. There were some good looking young men there. Mm-hmm. And I, so you said, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. So what I was wondering is, you, okay, you said your mindset before you went was basically to prove him wrong. Yeah. And prior to this, you know, he had started the profile on kick for you and you had been getting these messages from guys all around the world. But in your mind, it was like, oh, that's online. That's not going to translate to real life. Yes, definitely. How long were you there before you realized that, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm wrong. I'm the one who's wrong. <laughs> About 10 minutes. <laughs> it was naughty. It was naughty schoolgirl night and I looked really cute. Uh-huh. And how big was the grin on Judd's face as, <laughs> as you were walking around? <laughs> oh, I it was like, yeah. <laughs> I, I basically we, we went to the club. Um, it was a small venue. I, um, um, lots of people there. I basically um, took a step back, and then I basically watched the weird. You know, it's a weird thing to think about. Let her work the room, right? And for me, it was almost like I was watching her, thinking in my mind that this is the way she was. Before she met me, when she's going clubbing and trying to pick the guys up, and I guess that kind of turned me on to see um, her, her, yeah, being outgoing and and having fun and being her what she was like before I even met her. Like, like a little um, the the doors cracked open to her world before I met her. Now, at any point during this night, when you see it all unfolding before you. And you see, you know, the guys paying attention to her, her being flirtatious back to the guys. And you can kind of, you know, it kind of starts sinking in like, oh, shit, this can happen. Did you, for even a a, a momentary moment, did it hit you where it's like, oh, I can't let this happen? You know, because it's one thing to ask for something. It's one thing to want something. It's another thing to actually get it. So did you have um, any of those feelings or were you like full steam ahead the whole night? Full steam ahead the whole night. Um, I was, you know, she'd come back to me and talk to me and I'd say, hey, how about, you know, how about this guy? How about that guy? Well, you know, like chat him up, have some fun, um, be yourself. I didn't um, know how to close the deal. I didn't know how to <laughs> say to somebody, hey, do you want to go play? I didn't know. I didn't have the words. I didn't have the vocabulary. I didn't know what to do beyond just standing flirting and making out with them. Right. Yeah. I had yeah. So when it happened, it happened at the club. This was an on-premise place. Yes. Yes. 
And did it happen with just one person? Yeah, one guy. Poor guy. (laughs) (laughs) The poor guy. (laughs) Kudos to him. He was a trooper. I made him double bag. And so that didn't go very well. And I had my hands over my eyes the whole time. And I'm like, just do it. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah. And me and the the little chair beside the bed watching. Doug was already in the cut chair. (laughs) I mean, did you, I mean, you you could obviously see her struggling. Um, You know, did you want to, you know, I guess in in boxing terms, did you, were you tempted to just like throw in a towel? Like, oh, never mind. She's not feeling it or were you encouraging her? Like, how were you handling her being so in her own head about it? I was, yeah, I was encouraging her. I was sitting right beside her. I was holding her hand. Um, you know, once I peeled them off her eyes, <laughs> she's so afraid. But um, when you're in there, it's, it's starting to happen. Um, I figured that she's gone this far. Um, and I'm not going to give up. I'm, if I'm yeah. going to do something, I'm going to do it. I did. Uh, that's so. What was okay? So this happens the club the first night. This was your first time going to the club. So, what do you remember about that ride home? We stayed at a hotel that night, the two of us, and okay. I just remember going back to the hotel and saying, "Well, when can we go back?" Uh, this is this is it. This is we're doing this now. There is no going back from this. So I was full in. So no no feelings of 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 guilt. No beating yourself up. No oh my god, I can't believe I did that. None of that. Nope. I mean, can't believe I did that, but in an excited way. Right. Like, right. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> like like the feeling you get when you ride like a roller coaster or something. I get it. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was it was a positive first experience for sure. Now, how did things between the two of you change once you started walking this path? Um, our communication improved. I mean, we've been in it now nine years. Um, the first four were a lesson in communication, that's for sure. Uh, we learned that we weren't great at communicating, and we've since gotten much better. And uh, we had bumps in the road, but mm-hmm. you know, it, it has brought us closer together. We're much more open with each other in terms of our actual true selves and our true feelings. So, and so you're in, you're you know you're walking this path. You're you know, you're, you're on this journey together. You're having these experiences. How long before you guys realize or learn that, oh, there's a, there's a term for what we do. It's, it's called hot wifing. And there's a, and there's a community out there of other people who do this because you said before it was you watching porn. And, and I think, you know, when we start off watching porn, it's easy for us to believe that, oh, that's just the porn people that do that. Like, this doesn't go on in real life. But then you said that the club you went to, that the woman had arranged like a greedy girl's night. So I'm guessing you weren't the only greedy girl there. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I don't. 
No. So when did uh, it well, was it, was that when it dawned on you that oh, okay this thing is this is an actual thing? Well, it, it's funny because we we sort of identified as swingers, and we did sort of morph into playing with couples. All of our friend group, we you know we wound up meeting a lot of other couples. They're all swingers, and um, we hosted parties. Um, we went to events, we cruises, things like that. And then it just kind of in the, since about 2016, 16, yeah. that judges was like, well, I don't really need to play. I'm happy watching you. So we kind of left the couples behind and started concentrating most only on my, on me and single men. So Judd, let me ask you, for that time period where you were, where you guys were playing as a couple, and you were playing with wives just as she's playing with husbands, was was your heart in it? Um, not really. Um, if we were, if we made a connection with a couple, which is really hard to do, um, Wendy's for one thing, she's not bi, right. so, um, and that's a big part of the swinger world. Um, so it was always, you know, me with a wife and her with a husband, but I find my, I found myself, if we're in the same sort of, um, uh, in the same room, having fun together, I was more tuned into watching her and, and, and it was fun for me, but I was more excited and more turned on by watching her have fun. So when you made the transition to say, hey, let's just focus on finding guys for you, that must have been kind of a relief for you. You could sit back with your popcorn and kick your feet up and just watch her and not worry about ignoring this other woman who's there or having people's feelings getting hurt because you're paying more attention to your wife than her. Absolutely. Um, Like Wendy said, we do have swinger friends um, where we live. Um, you know, we get along and it's very easy going. Um, and we do play occasionally, not, not anymore though. Um, you have it for over a year. You have it for over a year, but that is more relaxed. I feel more comfortable with, with friends. Um, not just, a uh, like a blind date set up. Right. Oh yeah. We'll meet next weekend for some fun. Um, I feel, you know, with, with our friend group, um, I was able to relax more, um, so, you know, as life goes on and our friends are busy now, we don't see them as much. Our um, dynamic has changed and we don't quite understand it. So, so yeah, um, we have kind of, you know, they're not around as much anymore. Um, so um, I'm just quite happy to watch Wendy. Okay. All right. So I let off this this conversation with talking about the thing that makes you guys unique. So... Kind of walk us, you know, me and my listeners through your decision to take that approach of, you know what, we're going to be honest with everyone we know about what we do. Well, that's just been the way I've always seen. Like I said earlier, I'm not a great secret keeper. I don't like the feeling of having a secret so the first person that we told was my mom and then Judd told his parents, my parents, yeah. um, my cousins, I wound up, well, you know, I told one, they all know now I told one, then they all found out. Uh, 
And it's it just, it's not something that I'm ashamed of. So why shouldn't I tell people I, it's, it's not something to be embarrassed about or ashamed of? So it's just who I am. I can understand it and respect that, but but this is a partnership. So I know that you say you weren't a good secret keeper, but what about Judd? Like, no, he's not either. Um, no, I'm not, not a good secret keeper. I think I told a few people at my new job eight years ago, um, and basically... Um, well, that stuff spreads like wildfire. So yes. once you tell one person, everybody knows. Yes. And once everybody knows, um, then it doesn't it, matter because everybody knows. And who cares? So one thing that I that I, I try to do with, with my podcast is, number one, I, I don't sugarcoat anything. I, I pride myself on, like I said in the beginning, giving people the real story. And yeah. I don't want to be irresponsible in making it seem like, oh, you guys just told everybody and it was smooth sailing from then on out and everybody was happy. I remember having a conversation with you when we first talked on the phone. And I want to kind of go over that again. Whereas what were some of the negative responses? Because I remember I asked you, did you lose any friendships? over you guys, you know, being in this lifestyle and you, and you told me that you had. So to kind of give my listeners an idea, what were some of the, 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 I guess the casualties of you guys coming clean about this? Um, uh, well, yeah, I did. We did lose some friends. Um, but it, it's funny because us coming out, um, coincided with us moving to an island away from where the city that we were living. And so <laughs> when I came out to everybody before we moved, some people were like, oh, that's cool. And other people were like, oh, my God, you're swingers. And I didn't maintain those friendships. I chose to, you know, they, they also chose to not maintain contact with me but i also decided and judge too that we don't want people in our lives that we cannot be our authentic true selves with and if people are going to judge us so harshly even people who have had known us for 20 years to find some small piece of information out about us and decide that we were horrible people based on that well, I don't want people like that in my life. So we did. We lost some friends. We didn't lose any family. And we made new friends who love us and support us. And so I I think we came out on, on the winning end. Is there any part of you, because I'm, I'm sure with you guys being in this for as long as you have, you're aware enough to know that you represent a very small minority of people as yes. far as people who have come clean to basically to everybody. And so you see these people and they're stressing out, they're being exposed, they're, they're going through all the hardships of having their secret being revealed what type of like what type of feeling does that does that give you? Do you feel sorry for them? Do you feel 
even more blessed to be in the situation that you're in? Is it a combination of both? Like, what do you feel when you have these conversations with people and they're like, oh, we could never do that, or you guys are so lucky, or you see these people being exposed? Like, what kind of feelings does that give you guys? When people say, oh, I could never do that, I just think, well, but you could. All, all it is is being honest, and there are people coming out about their true selves all over the place, everywhere, and risking, you know, ostracization and, you know, risking everything just to be themselves. I mean, Jed and I don't have high-profile jobs that are in government or anything, you know. I guess if somebody had a job like that, then I could sympathize and, and definitely be like, of course, you know, that's a tough situation, very sensitive. But our situation was such that relationships that we each have with our parents and our families and how open we've always been our whole lives, it just seemed very natural for us. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I do, I feel, I, I sympathize and empathize with people who feel like they could never be themselves. I feel horrible for those people. Have you, have you guys inspired Anyone to come clean about it all? Uh, I, oh, yeah, I think so. My One of my best girlfriends came out at work as bi, mm-hmm. which was a big step, and she has a very high-profile job. And she came out as bi, um, and, you know, I applauded her for that. Good, you know, she, she couldn't come out as a swinger, but she could do come out as that. And, and, and that made her feel empowered and it gave her confidence and, you know, it, it was good. It was a really good feeling for her. And, uh, to date is, is, is that the only uh, example you can think of? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. Because I guarantee you, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you, you give it enough time, somebody is going to hear this, and it's going to inspire them to do the same. I don't know when, I don't know who, I don't know where, but I, I can see that somebody is going to be inspired by 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 what you guys are saying. Because I I'm I can imagine that, you know, because that's a big thing for a lot of people in this lifestyle is that that fear of being found out. And I know that there are a lot of people out there who can't even imagine what it would be like to live without that, you know, that, what do they call it? The the sword of Damocles or whatever, like hanging over your head constantly. Yeah. Yeah. I I have no, I mean, I'm sure our kids suspect something. I mean, my phone dings constantly for messages and you know my daughter has seen pictures on my phone who's that oh you know somebody <laughs> but she we, we've raised our children very openly too both of our children told us when they lost their virginity uh, my daughter confides in me regularly about her lifestyle and her sexual activity so, so does our son and yeah, we talk about everything. We talk about blowjobs at the dinner table. Oh, okay. Well, that's you know, 
It's a different kind of <laughs> di- this different kind of dinner conversation. It is different. Yeah. No, I I can just I can just picture many of my listeners, and it, it's funny because we're all in this lifestyle, but I can still see people clutching their pearls. You, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like, oh my God, we could never do that, or I could never do that. You know, or you know, I I I know that there are a lot of people cheering for you guys. Because they wish that they could do this. Yeah. You know, and, you know, they respect the hell out of you guys for having the courage. Because you didn't know how people were going to take it. You you know, you hoped no. that you would keep all your family and friends. But, you know, there was no way you could know just how accepting people would be. You well, know. and, you know. Some people that I thought would be accepting weren't, and those are the people who aren't in our lives anymore. Yeah, I lost a friend of 25 years yeah. because I came out to him um, and his girlfriend. Um, yeah. Now, did you lose your friendship because she encouraged him to, or did he have a problem with what you were doing? I'm pretty sure it was the girlfriend. The girlfriend. Yeah. You're not That's hanging it. out with them anymore. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And all was, of a sudden, I'm a predator, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, like you would be into him. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you <know>. Hard no. <laughs> right, right. So yeah. that, that brings up another question. <laughs> Friends you have... And I'm speaking primarily to Judd, friends that you have that are not in the lifestyle, but that know that you are and know that your wife basically has a hall pass to basically fuck whoever she wants. Have any of them ever had the opportunity to play with her? Uh, no. Um, this would this would be yeah. Um, work friends um you know a few of them know um but um yeah there's 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 no connection no nope. no <laughs> not at all now is that a rule that you have or have no have none ever even asked oh uh one has asked <laughs> one, is that? one has tried but i and, firmly and kindly said no so is that a, is that a rule that you guys have where we're not going to, you know, cro- as I say, a, cross the streams? No, if he had a hot black friend, I'd be all over that. <laughs> we're going to get to that part. We're going to get to that part. <laughs> okay, so you know, since you, you know, uh, you know, brought it up, we will. You know, make that make that transition. So, you said it was. Uh, I think you said it was around what the 2016, 17, where you guys just kind of committed fully to the hot wife side of things. And yeah, we were. I like I said, I, I met you guys at Splash, and for those who know. Uh, you know, they know that, you know, Splash is an event 
that is centered around women who have an affinity for black men. So when when did that part of it enter the picture for you? Uh, it would have been October 2017. Uh, Craigslist was still around. <laughs> uh, uh, we went to Las- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, we went to Las Vegas for five nights. Um, and I said to Wendy, I said, uh, maybe you would um, meet some, you know, some guys in Las Vegas. And uh, so I started using Craigslist to look up some guys. And I, I asked her, would she be interested in fucking a black guy? <laughs> and she said, yes. And prior so, to that, it had never I, happened. Never happened. No. So, how many times did it happen on that Vegas trip? Um, once. That was it. So, I, I, I know you said earlier that you guys, you know, you still kind of mixed it up with, with, with people that you know and, and people that you've had, you know, uh, you know, long-term uh, friendships with and relationships with. So... I guess for Wendy, is it fair to say, like, has she gotten to the point where black men are her preference? Um, yeah, I've been only with black men for the last three years. So what about, you, what about your friend group? Oh, we still hang out with them. But you don't play with but them we don't. anymore? No. no. We actually, they were in Las Vegas in 2017 with us when we met this black gentleman. Um, they knew that. Um, well, they, they're also the swingers that have the aversion to single men as a group, yeah, right? A group. So we were already an anomaly because we played with single men. So that brings up a, 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 another thing that I'd like to ask. Whenever you see you know, people who cross those streams, people who have friends who are people who are in the, on the hot wife side of things, um, who have friends who are, you know, on the swinging side of things. How do you, how would you describe how you've been treated overall by people that are on the swinging side when they know that you guys are the type of couple that plays with single men? <laughs> well, anytime we hosted a party, they would say, well, we'll come, but only if there's no single guys. Um, they couldn't, they, yeah, they just, they would never attend any event that had single men. They kind of, the, the women were always very concerned that I was being mean to Judd because I was playing with these guys, but there wasn't a woman for him. So I was depriving him of any fun at all. And they just couldn't wrap their heads around it. They still can't. They still can't. Have you ever had a woman say to you privately that she envies you or that she wished that her husband let her play that way? Honestly, only my mom. 
<laughs> oh, I'm serious. I'm serious. When I when I told talked to her about it, she said, "I it's too late for me now, but I wish I could have done what you are doing." Oh, that must have been quite the conversation. <laughs> what? <laughs> Did you go? So, so she it was goes, yesterday. Yeah, I, actually, actually, I remember because you you texted me and told me. Um, yeah. <laughs> was that had to be not that you were looking for it, but that's got to be like like the ultimate a- affirmation. Oh yeah, I thought that she tolerated right. the lifestyle, and it turns out that she is applauding it. Yeah, there's, there's, and fully so yeah. supporting it. Huge difference, right? Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely, and that's why, like, even after all this time and for as long as you've been open, you know, that's probably, you know, you could put that up there as one of your best days, you know, in in, yeah. in the lifestyle because, like you said, there's a difference between. It's, a, it, it's almost like three different levels. Like there's that you have tolerating, you have accepting, and you have embracing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no one wants to be tolerated. At the very least, we want to be accepted. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we can deal with being accepted, but when you're embraced, it just takes things to a totally different level. Oh yeah. So when yeah, she, when it, she it was said, a good yeah, when she said that to you, I, I can imagine that that just gave you a whole thing of the whole warm and fuzzies and. <laughs> oh, I texted you right away. Yeah, you know, you know, you, you did, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm glad that you that you brought it up. Um, so, you know, speaking on your own dynamic, your own journey in this and what you're learning about each other and, and, and what you're learning about different things that you're into um, from a conversation that we had, it's, and, 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 you know, and seeing pictures that you post in the splash group that we're in, it sounds like you guys are kind of at a period in your dynamic where you're evolving as well. Can you kind of talk about that a little bit? Yeah, it's, uh, we, we've, we've kind of, we talk a lot about, well, what are we? You know, we're not stagnant. I mean, Doug doesn't play. He doesn't have any inclination to. He doesn't arrange any of my dates. He doesn't anymore. work anymore. He doesn't work the, the, the site or anything. It's all me. Um, I tell him, hey, you know, like, oh, we're going down to Seattle in three weeks. You need to book some hotels for me kind of thing. He comes with me on everything. But it, it changed so that I have taken a much more forward role in who I play with and who I meet and how I meet them instead of him finding guys and trying to, you know, here, what about this one, you know? So it's a lot easier this yeah, way. Yeah, I mean, some of the, some of the websites we were on weren't that reliable for actually meeting people. Mm-hmm. So, like you said, if if I set up a date, you drive down to Seattle, and doesn't show up. Um, I think things changed. Maybe last summer after we booked into uh, Splash last July for for this coming July, and then we went to the one in obviously Atlanta where we met you. Um, I took a more forward role. Went a more forward, yeah. 
She did. And um, with chat rooms and, and group chats um, and through the Splash, um, their own website as well. We mm-hmm. made connections, which opened up a whole new world of more truck-worthy. Uh, it feels like a, a way more of a community than just surfing the, uh, you know, the AFS. You right. know? Um, it's a totally different vibe, different feeling. Um, I feel like, you know, we have actually friends um, in this community now. Before, it's just uh, us looking for single guys. Right, right. There's no community there. We didn't know anybody we didn't. like us who played with single black men. We didn't, there's, there was, there's nobody here. Where you live, so. so what, so what was that like for you then being at Splash and, you know, you've got a hotel full of women who like what you like. What was that like to be around that kind of energy? Like how did, how did going to Splash affect the way that you see things, affect the way that you see yourself? Oh, it's huge. Um, I've never really had girlfriends my whole life. All my friends were guys. Um, wives, even back when we were just vanilla for almost 20 years, the wives were really never friends with me. I'm pretty outgoing flirtatious. and flirtatious. And <laughs> so I never had girlfriends. And I got to Splash and there were all these women who were like me and confident but you know we all have our stupid little issues about ourselves but it was really amazing to meet so many women who didn't look at me suspiciously like oh you're here for my husband you know it was it was very refreshing (laughs) it was really really nice so going back to this this evolution that you guys are in, it sounds like you're, like you said, you're taking a, a, a more forward role. And would it be fair to say that from a sexual standpoint, would you say it's a more dominant role? Um, well, I guess well, sort of, I'm fairly submissive. Tell me to do something. I'm going to do it. Um, Noted. <laughs> Noted. Take that one down. Uh-huh. Save that for later. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm. I don't. I'm not dominant. I if if I look like I'm dominant, it's because I'm nervous and I have anxiety, so I cover it with bravado and charisma and confidence. So, but uh, I think I just took over because. I didn't like the way he was doing it. <laughs> I just like, and I like to chat. I mean, how we started in this on kick friends, right? Talking to people all over the world. I love to chat. I love to talk to people and I need connection and I need to feel like somebody knows me a bit. So for me, being able to talk to lots of people is really, is really important. No, that's, 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 that's that's awesome. What did Splash do? I, I know we talked about what this lifestyle has done in general for your confidence. But mm-hmm. more specifically, what did Splash do for your confidence? 
Um, it made me realize that I am probably a little bit more attractive than I thought I was. I'm, and that, that sounds braggy and I'm not, and I'm certainly not a braggy person, but I, I was, I had very, I, I didn't think I would have much luck at splash and it proved me wrong. Yet again, I'm, I'm detecting a pattern here. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you, you went in again with low expectations. Yeah. And were quickly proven wrong. Yes. Because, I mean, I, I know that whenever I saw you out by the pool, I don't think there was never a time where there wasn't somebody up in your face. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. So, <laughs> Judd, let me kind of ask you the same question, not necessarily from the confidence standpoint, but what was it like for you to be in a hotel full of husbands that think a lot like you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, because you know the thing. The thing that's cool about Splash is, yeah. you know, it's yeah. it's it's not just this one night party kind of thing, and everybody goes home afterwards. It's like you get there, you're mingling, you party, you go back to your room, you get up, you're having breakfast with these people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you're you're seeing them all day, yeah. every day for three days straight. So you know yep. you're 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 passing these people in the hall, at the pool, in the playrooms, you know, just constantly walking back and forth and seeing the same faces over and over and over. You, you see them getting on the elevator with his wife and a guy like up. Oh, I know what they're going to do, you know, kind of thing. And what was that yeah. like for you to be around so many like-minded husbands? Oh, it was great. Um, totally, you know, relaxed. Um, it was a great time. You know, I never saw a person not smiling. Um, everybody's having fun. I felt comfortable there. Uh, I made some connections with a lot of the husbands. Um, and, um, you know, it was, it was comforting to know that the guys were all there, just like me, just as happy to have their wives going out and having fun and um, being flirtatious and, you know, all there for the same reason. Mm-hmm. So, again, you know, being the type of, of host who tries to give people the full picture, you guys obviously have a, 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 a wonderful story. But what I'd like to ask you both, and I'll start with you, Judd, for you, being totally honest, what is the hardest part that you found about being in this lifestyle, being in the position that you are, what has been, and it could be from the beginning or it can be something that you're still dealing with. What is the hardest part? Like if you could remove certain aspects of this, but you can't because it kind of comes with the territory, what would those things be? Yeah, I don't know. Uh... Hard question. Um, hey, that's what I'm here for, man. I asked the hard questions. I know. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, sometimes um, you know, uh, it seems like when he's, you know, has more of a connection that, you know, that you want, that I want for her to have. Um, so I, you know, I'm not, not necessarily jealous, but I'm just insecure. Mm-hmm. Um, when that kind of thing happens, it's happened. Um, 
with a with a long term um, friend friend of hers for uh, five years. Um, so yeah, there's been times where I felt like I'm the third wheel in the relationship mm-hmm. sometimes, but um, you know we communicate, we talk, um, we 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 work through things. So. You know, she she knew she knew what my problems were, my insecurities, and and um, he was informed as well. So we thought we had fixed things. <laughs> so I I want to kind of stay on on that for a moment because it's it's something that comes up often. I mean, I've I've been doing this for you know almost twenty five years, and you know I've had thousands of, of, of conversations with, with husbands and that's actually a, a, a common thing. And, you know, I'm going to repeat myself here because I never know, I don't ever take for granted that people have listened to other episodes. So there are certain points that I make over and over and over because I never know this might be the first episode that someone's hearing. Um, what I was going to say was one of the things that I've noticed about the husbands who experience some insecurity in this is they have a tendency to focus on that 5% of, of the elevated experience that she's having with a particular guy and they kind of ignore the other 95% of what they give to her. Like they, they have a tendency to look at, Oh, well he's doing this better or he's making her laugh more or he's doing this. And they kind of get away from everything else that they, that they bring to her life. And you know, as opposed to having the idea of, you know what, at the end of the day, she is getting a hundred percent. If it's 95 from me and five from this guy, great. Because what matters is she's getting 100%. Do you, is that something that you can relate to or is what you're feeling in a different lane than that? Yeah, I think, yeah, it has to be a hundred percent. Um, yeah, it does. Because to the wives, it, it's funny, but it, it's, it's almost insulting to the wives. If you think about it in that way, insulting in the sense of like, it's almost like the wives want to say, yeah, I'm enjoying it, but I'm spending my life with you, you know, and for you to think that. I'm going to run off with this guy just because the sex is great. You have a very low opinion of me. You, you know what I'm saying? So in, in, in that yeah. regard, it's almost kind of insulting to the wives in that it's almost like the husbands are putting much more value on the great sex than the wives are putting on the great sex. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's great, but I'm not giving up my life for it where the husbands are worried that, oh, my God, she's going to give up her life for this guy. And I'm going to be what's going to happen to me, you you, you know, kind of thing. So I'm glad and, and, and humbled that 
you know, you were honest about that because I know that it's something that a, a lot of husbands feel, a lot of husbands deal with, and and hopefully by listening to you, they can kind of find that clarity amongst themselves and say, hey, you know what? I need to check myself on that because she deserves better. I need to have a higher opinion of her than my reactions are leading her to, you know, to believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, you saying before it was, it was tough, um, with this long-term friend and, um, I, I was, I, I did feel threatened a bit. I did feel it, I was very insecure. Um, and, but I knew that she wasn't going to leave me for this friend. I knew that wasn't going to happen. Um, but, um, yeah, there's, there definitely been some bumps in the road for that particular person. <laughs> okay. And like I said, I, I appreciate you being honest about that. Um, now for you, yeah. Wendy, same question as far as with everything that you've been through, with everything that you've experienced, as much as you enjoy being a, a, a part of this lifestyle, what are the not so great parts for you? Well, when he's insecure, obviously, it makes me, you know, feel like he doesn't believe me when I tell him that he's the only person I want in my life. You know, it, it's hard. Um, and well, just, yeah, that's just our, we're working through our own feelings and our own insecurities. That's been the most difficult, but we've come out. I think we've come out on the other end Mm -hmm. and the other side now. And we're, and we're both in this in a very loving way. And do you feel like, I'm I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Please continue. The love that we have for each other comes before anything else. Do you you think he's, 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 he's finally gotten that through his head? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Absolutely. We're good. (laughs) So uh, I always try to be, to be mindful of, of, of the time. Um, but before I let you guys get out of here, I have a lot of people who listen to this podcast who are still in the very early stages of their journey. And Wendy, I'll go to you first. You have wives out there who are dealing with the same things you were dealing with as far as, I don't want to open myself up to rejection. You know, nobody's going to, you know, want me, you know, I'm not perfect. I'm not a Barbie doll. You know, I see the women in porn, you know, I don't look like that. And, you know, I'm just happy with my husband because I know he wants me. How would, what would you say to those women who are wrestling with that, who are struggling with that? Oh, you're so much more beautiful than you know. Just so much more beautiful than you know. And if you take that chance and you put yourself out there just a tiny little bit, it will come back at you hundredfold. It's worth it. It's worth it. 
And why is it worth it? What makes you so confident that it's worth it? Because I have gone from being terrified to walk through a shopping mall by myself to being this outgoing woman in the pool at Splash, you know. It's I saw just it. I, I was a witness. myself confident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, this has been the best thing I ever could have done for my self-esteem. I mean, no tummy tuck, no boob job, nothing. I just went mm-hmm. and I just did it. So, yeah. And worth it. How would you explain the feeling of coming out on the other side of of that? Powerful and euphoric. Love that word. <laughs> okay, now uh, for for you, uh, Judd. Like I said, I have you know you have a lot of people listening to this, and and they're 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 trying to wrap their head around it and i I guarantee you that somewhere out there among my listeners somewhere on this planet is a husband or a boyfriend who is dealing with his girlfriend his wife straying and he's wrestling with those feelings you know society says i should be jealous and angry and upset and threatening but the idea of this excites me and I don't know what to do with those feelings. What would your advice be to that guy? I would, you know, yeah, most importantly to talk, talk about your feelings, um, talk about her feelings, be loving, um, you know, don't be don't be forceful. Um, you have to have the lines of communications have to be open. Um, you just have to, you know, um, trust. Yeah, trust. That she'll listen to. You. Yeah. No, that that's 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 great advice from 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 both of you. Um, like I said, I, I I really wanted to have you guys on, and I want to thank you for for just for being you know so transparent about everything, you know, and and honest about everything. Thank you. I mean, I know that that's how you live your lives, um, but I'm still grateful, you know, that you you know came on here and you know kind of let all my listeners know and you know allowed me to get all nosy and everything like that. So before. <laughs> Before before I let you get out of here, how can people find you? Because you know people are going to hear this and they're going to want to reach out to you guys. Whether it's a couple thanking you for the inspiration, excuse me, or a guy who's interested in Wendy, you know, or a husband wanting to hit up Judd for some advice. How can people get in touch with you? Whether it's social media or swing sites or or what have you. Uh, okay, um, on. Cassidy and Twitter. I am blonde on the bay. Uh, can you spell that? Blonde, B L O N D E O N T H E B A Y. So no hyphens, underscores, or anything. Just all one word. It's all one word. Blonde on the bay. Okay. And then on FetLife, we are my blonde rides BBC. Ah, very nice. 
So she does. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So she does. Okay, so that is your Cassidy, your Twitter, and your Fet Life. That's how people can can get in touch yeah. with you. So before I let you yeah. guys get out of here, anything that that you would like to say, I'm going to give the floor to you, and you can say whatever is on your mind. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, we want to say thank you to you for having us on. It's been a pleasure. It's always fun to share our story. We are very open and approachable and are always happy to have people come up to us and ask us how we did this. How are we doing this? And we always just like to meet new people and make new friends. Right. Yep. <laughs> he, he's so, so easy. It's, 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 uh, <laughs> it, I mean, yeah. Um, it's, it's, you know, thank you for having us on. And uh, it, it's a journey, definitely a journey. And um, we're evolving, and uh, it's been a lot of fun so far. And um, hopefully for, for a few more years at least. <laughs> hey, man, like we always say, you, you, ride, you ride it till the wheels fall off. That's what at we, least absolutely yeah that's what we do we 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 ride it till the motherfucking wheels fall off <laughs> well with that being said i want to thank you guys for for being on uh to my patreon supporters i want to thank all of you as i've said many 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 times before and i'll keep saying it i wouldn't be able to do this if it were not for your continued support so from the bottom of my heart thank you guys uh, for those of you who are not yet Patreon supporters, maybe this would be the episode that makes you say, you know what, we like what that Michael C. guy is doing and, and we'd like him to be able to continue. So if you've thought about it, you know, think about it a little bit more and come out and support the podcast. You know, every every little bit helps. It allows me to bring incredible stories fascinating stories like the one you just heard you know to you and and help more people that are out there because at the end of the day that's why i'm doing this to help people uh so with that being said i'm your host michael c i want to thank my guests wendy and judd for coming on and sharing their story with us and i will see you when i see you peace <laughs>